Hello everybody, and uh, yeah, we are back. Uh, this is kind of a little pre-recording before the episode, just a little housekeeping. Um, just wanted to say uh, thanks to everybody who stuck around during the hiatus. Um, unfortunately, there was some cancer in my family, and that kind of consumed a lot of time, and the podcast kind of fell by the wayside. But we are back now, and it's just a reminder that we are still keeping our old release schedule every other Thursday. So you'll get this episode, which is on the fourth anniversary. This show premiered 2015, and it's been four years already. Not a lot of episodes because of all the hiatuses, but, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, but yeah, so you'll get this episode, and then in two weeks is our next episode on Thursday. And we're going to stick with that schedule. So thanks for sticking around, and... I hope you stick around for this episode, which is very, very fun. Enjoy. Everybody and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed, and with me, special guest today, from straight off the top of my headlines, it's AJ. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so today we're covering the new adventures of Beanie and Cecil, which was a wild fucking ride. <laughs> yeah, I-, I didn't know what to expect. Um. <laughs> So this was actually a revival of a 1959 cartoon for ABC. It kind of had that feel a little bit. Like, it felt like an old-timey cartoon. Yeah, it did. Um, But this aired in 1988, was directed and produced by John Crick Falusi, the guy behind Ren and Stimpy. I could (laughs) tell that makes sense now. Yeah, there was a... It had those vibes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting. This show had a pretty good voice cast. That's one of the good things about it. Um, it had Maurice LaMarche as DJ, the villain. Mm-hmm. And Billy West played Cecil and Pinocchio. Ah. Yeah, I, I looked it up because in the middle of the episode, Pinocchio started talking. I go, is that, that sounds like Fry. Is that, <laughs> is that Billy West? <laughs> it did sound a little bit like Fry. Sound like a nasally Fry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we watched, uh, what turns out to be episode five, which was the last episode that aired. Ah. Yeah. It had eight episodes produced total and only five of them aired. And this was called DJ's Disappearing Act. And it was written by Chuck Lorre, the, uh, creator of such hits. I did air quotes, but that doesn't work in an audio (laughs) medium. Um, as Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men, Mike and Molly, all those shows. My fir- my first note is literally, hey, that's the nerd show guy. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's written just about as well. <laughs> <laughs> so this show is, uh, I'm not sure if the original iteration was as self-referential, but it's very self-referential. It knows that it's a TV show. Oh, yeah. And they jump in with that a few times. Um. Uh, what did you think of the show overall? I thought it was fun. It it was like a nice... Like, it felt cartoonish, but it didn't feel like it was 
completely unaware of itself. Like, I'd watch more of that. Yeah, I get that. I feel like it It was almost a great show. Like, it, it was fun, like you were saying. But I feel like it if it tweaked itself and made it a little more modern versus kind of sticking with the 1950s cartoon mentality. Yeah. Because it definitely has that whole, like, well, gee, there's the villain type thing. It played, like, a little too much into it. Exactly. Uh, so the episode starts off with Beanie's uncle, who he calls Uncle Captain. Uh, he uh, pokes his head out of his boat and says, hey, you want to see my new invention? And jumps out, and he's invisible from the neck down. But it's all dotted lines. Yeah, but here's here's my next thing about this, is that he came out, he did, like, an arabesque, a split, a pirouette. Like, <laughs> who are you finessing for? <laughs> You're invisible. Exactly. The only people that can see that is the dotted line audience. And apparently Cecil, because Cecil says, let me connect your dots. Which is the other fucking thing. Because <laughs> the next thing that this dude does is after he says, let me connect the dots, he draws a foot for his body. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't think Cecil is the brightest. <laughs> like, the note just says, okay, so this creature is capable of breaking the fourth wall, but not drawing a human body with lines that are already connecting it. And I think he has short-term memory loss because he's seen this man as a human man. Yeah. And he doesn't remember what a body looks like. <laughs> Let alone one he looks at, uh, what I have to assume is a regular basis. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so he uh, reveals, oh, this is invisibility paint, which clearly it's not. You can see the dotted lines. Yeah. And then a villain shows up. Uh, his name is DJ. But I only referred to him as Waluigi. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. He's Waluigi. <laughs> if he had his, his mustache was a little crimped, he 100% is Waluigi. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he shows up. Uh, his name is Dishonest John, or DJ, as they refer to him. Ah. Uh. Uh, I had to look that up. <laughs> I didn't realize it was short for something. I think they say it at the end of part two, but, like, I could not hear it clearly enough. Yeah, the thing about this show is when, uh, we watch older shows, sometimes they're ripped off of VHS. Doesn't yeah. always work out so- <laughs> doesn't always work out so well. Um, but yeah. Uh, he shows up, addresses the audience, and says, Ooh, I can use that to steal a big diamond. And he jumps on the boat, steals it, and calls for a taxi, which shows up in the middle of the ocean, on wheels. I've written it down. I've heard of water, ta I've heard of water taxis, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something that should have been written in the show. It should have. I'm calling it right now. Put me, put me on the production team. Alrighty, let's build a time machine. We're going to send you back to 1988. I'm going to bring it back, folks. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> There's no longer our timeline. <laughs> um, yeah, so he starts driving away, and he says, thanks for the paint, suckers. And Cecil says, you're welcome. Wait a minute, DJ. <laughs> and I don't know if you were getting this, but I got very Barney vibes from Cecil's voice. I did, too. Uh, I wrote Loch Ness Monster a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, it's not really, 
established what he is. He says he's a serpent. He says he's like a monster. Yeah, like he's he's a big green thing. At the very best, it keeps saying sea serpent. So like, I'll take that one. <laughs> so uh, then we get a chase scene, which is very referred to as a chase scene because Cecil says, "Does this mean we're gonna have a chase scene?" I love that. <laughs> They're so chaotic good. <laughs> it it feels like if Johnny Quest was, like, breaking the fourth wall. That's kind of what this show feels like. That is very good. <laughs> and they're just so excited for it, too. <laughs> and in this chase scene, uh, DJ stops at a bridge, which it kind of looks like the Golden Gate Bridge. And he yeah. paints it with the invisibility paint. Which we already established, you can see the dotted lines of. But apparently Cecil, again, not the brightest, just kind of rams into it. And he was the only one who was able to see the dotted lines too. So like, he was the he was the only one who crashed into it. Exactly. And he just kind of like crumples up like a car. Yeah. And then his skin drops down to reveal he's wearing underwear under his skin. Yeah, that was... <sighs> It's a bit disturbing. <laughs> yeah, does that mean he's wearing clothes? Like, is his outward appearance... I don't understand the anatomy of a sea serpent, but I'm pretty sure that ain't it. Yeah, this one ain't it, Chief. <laughs> so then we get the same joke done again because mm -hmm. he sees a whale snoozing and he paints it and they, uh, they ride into its open mouth, which you can still see the teeth, which... Yeah. That bothered me. <laughs> I mean, at least take the time to paint the teeth. It's not like his mouth was closed when he painted it. Not just that, his innards weren't painted. He didn't swallow the paint, so they would have seen this, like, cavernous pink hole in the ocean. I didn't consider that. And they just go, oh, well, that looks like a shortcut, and just kind of drive into it. Let's go through the wormhole, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to have a whale of a time. Uh, dab on him. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see, but I did just do a dab. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, this is an audio descriptive podcast at this point. <laughs> Yay. All right, uh, so we're in this whale, and I have three notes written in succession for this. Okay, hit me with them. <laughs> um, first, I, first, we're, like, getting right inside the whale. Like, we're in his innards. We can see the inside of him now, so I'm like... This is some Pinocchio shit. Fast forward like five seconds later to when Pinocchio actually shows up. And I say, <laughs> oh my god, it's literally Pinocchio. But then, like, immediately Pinocchio is kind of a dick to them. So I just, Pinocchio's a fucking dick. Yeah, he was like, hey, get out of here. Like, what the fuck are you doing? This is He's... my fucking story. This is my whale. You're not invited. Exactly. And, uh... There's a joke where he says, like, this is, like, my story. And they go, well, how do we know you're not lying? And he kind of, like, looks at the camera. Like, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And then they toy around with that joke again because uh, they say, wait a minute. What are we going to do? This is our TV show. And Pinocchio says, wait, we're on TV? I don't do TV. His nose grows. I'm a movie star. His nose grows even more. And then Cecil says, I'll get us out of here. Or my name isn't He Serpent, and he gets very muscular. Buff Lizard. Yeah, Buff Lizard in He-Man fashion. 
And Beanie says, well, Cecil, your name isn't He Serpent. And he goes, oh, well, shit. And he deflates. Killjoy. Yeah. And uh, they decide, oh, why don't we just escape while this whale is flossing his teeth, which is (laughs) a sentence I never thought I'd hear in my life. You know, like how the Pinocchio movie does. Yeah. While he's flossing. (laughs) Well, if there's one thing I know about whales, they practice good dental hygiene. You know, they they really do do their best, and gingivitis is, I'm sorry to make this joke again, but a whale of a problem. <laughs> you know, um, uh, eating all those fish can be a criller. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they escape. Um, they realize that the diamond that DJ wants to steal is the one that Uncle Captain discovered. Which, now this shit's personal. Oh, and also, he, they, Captain Uncle, Uncle Captain, whatever the hell his name is, I just called him the mountain hiker trainer from Pokemon. (laughs) He takes off his hat to reveal that the diamond hit him in the head. This dude should be dead. You know, come to think of it, that, that severe brain damage does explain a lot. You know what, actually, you are right. (laughs) (laughs) It it makes a lot of sense in hindsight, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm willing to accept that. (laughs) So, they go to the Metropolitan Museum of Big Things, uh, which actually has uh, very big guards. I'm just making that connection. They they do. They do have very big guards, and we'll get to those later. (laughs) Yeah, DJ is hiding in a mailbox. Pops his head out and reveals his big plan, saying, oh, stealing this diamonds while I'm invisible is going to be like taking candy from a... And he gets interrupted by a lady shoving a package in his mouth. Not as dirty as it sounds. Um, yeah. And he uh, spits out some stamps and gets out of the mailbox. And that apparently was a joke. <laughs> Must have been. Had to have been, right? By the way, can we go back like a few seconds? Because... Something that bothers me so much is I even had it written down somewhere was that he has this laugh like, ah, 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 (laughs) and it bothered me so much. Like maybe the third time it happened, I wrote down, is he going to do this the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, because about three or four times, this definitely was written for children because they have to say three or four times, oh, I'm going to get invisible and steal this diamond. Wait a minute, DJ's gonna get invisible and steal that diamond. Yeah, that's we missed something after they got out of uh, Monstro or whatever. Somehow the newspaper clipping got onto the boat. And that's how they find out that he's going to be, like, taking the diamond. My mouth is agape right now. I'd never made that connection. <laughs> this man gets mail on his boat. Huh. So they go to the museum, and DJ, he paints himself getting ready to go in, tries to cross the street, almost gets hit by cars, a plane comes down, kind of like skims his back, and then a steamroller and a parade. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't crushed, he was hiding in the sewer, and he's visible again, and gets run over. Yep. To which I wrote down, Waluigi gets treated worse by these people than Nomura. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, 
Waluigi for Smash. Um, if anyone at Nintendo is listening. Please. Please, Nomura. We're begging you. <laughs> I mean, hell, you got Banjo-Kazooie. You worked that hard, and you couldn't put Waluigi in. I am just now realizing I'm saying the creator for Kingdom Hearts. The, King- the creator for Super Smash Bros. is Sakurai. <laughs> Although, hold up. You might be onto something here. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 4. Waluigi is a heartless. <laughs> oh my god, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Where's my sequel? He he just keeps calling Sora Sorwa. Sorwa. <laughs> so uh Beanie, Cecil, and Uncle Captain, they show up at the museum, and Cecil goes, Oh, this is our lucky day. Oh, did you find DJ? No, I found a parking spot. Hopefully it's a no sea serpent, or hopefully it isn't a no sea serpent zone. By the way, it totally wasn't even a parking spot is the thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what about this world is so discriminatory against sea serpents that they would have a no sea serpent zone? Yeah, like, Chuck Lorre, why are you inserting racism into your script? (laughs) I know. Like, I know you're, like, big on, like, exploiting things, but come on, sea serpents? This is for children. How about no on this one? Yeah, that's actually what would be on the DVD. How about no on this one? (laughs) And then underneath, AJ. (laughs) Well, once we fix the timeline, I'll make that happen. Thank you. That's all I ask. (laughs) I won't fix the racism thing, but I'll take, I'll add the comment in. (laughs) The sea serpent prejudice, 100% full steam ahead. But that comment, gotta stay in. Yep. So DJ repaints himself, and right as he repaints himself, Beanie and Cecil kind of run in, and they step all over him. Mm-hmm. Again, they should have seen the dotted lines. Uh, so they get there before the diamond was stolen, they realize, and they say, yet again, we need to make sure it doesn't get stolen, because DJ's invisible. All right. But also, while they're running up to this diamond, they pass this, like, mannequin and Beanie stops, like, in front of it to flirt with it. How old is Beanie? That's true. Beanie is just a boy. <laughs> like, that seemed a little messed up. Although, then again, Chuck Lorre. You know, you you are actually right, yes. <laughs> he was the uh, original half-man from Two and a Half Men. Oh, my God. He really was. He just... He, all he had to do was, like, cut a few inches off the bottom, you know. It's it's all good. That's a problem I have every day. Am I right? Ayo! <laughs> so, uh, DJ strolls on in, invisible, and he gets in front of these two security guards right as he becomes visible. And they're like the Buckingham Palace guards, because they ain't doing shit. Uh, he's, like, ripping off one shirt, poking one in the face, making faces, flipping his glasses over. And then as soon as he grabs the diamond, shirtless boy grabs him. And he squishes him up into a ball, throws him out the window. Shirtless guard is daddy guard. And also, uh, (laughs) I love the basketball thing going on here. It's very Space Jam. Oh my god, you're right. (laughs) Come on and slam. And welcome to the jam. (laughs) (laughs) Space, wait a minute. This was before Space Jam. Did Space Jam rip off Beanie and Cecil? They definitely did. They very much did. There's no denying it now. Hi, welcome to our TED Talk. 
we are here to discuss <laughs> plagiarism claims. <laughs> yeah, no, he got the he got the Newman treatment. Hi, I'm here with Dateline. Why don't you have a seat? <laughs> so yeah, shirtless, daddy thick guard throws him out the window, and he decides, and eh, you know what? I'll try again. Paints himself, and he comes in, steals the diamond this time. Not before he, like, breathes very heavily over it while he's saying, if I'm invisible, no one can stop me. Which, yeah, true, no one can see you. But if you sound like you're having an orgasm over the diamond, you might get caught. Yeah, but that was a big diamond. I mean, Waluigi gotta cream his jeans for that diamond. (laughs) Gotta cream those beautiful overalls. Them Levi's, they are full of Waluigi right now. <laughs> so so he becomes visible as he's trying to escape right in front of Beanie Cecil and Uncle Grandpa uh, while he's screaming, I'm rich, I'm rich. And then we get Cecil, who apparently is a dad because he says, hi, rich, I'm Cecil. Dad joke, dad joke, dad <laughs> joke. <laughs> and we get Beanie explaining yet again, that diamond was discovered by my uncle. Give it back. And he's referred to as Beanhead by DJ as DJ books it. Yeah, seems a little weird. Yeah. I mean, this is a boy. Why you gotta be mean to that boy? Yeah, you're kind of picking on like a 12-year-old. <laughs> That's true. This man is a monster in more ways than one. So he hides in this uh, dinosaur skeleton exhibit. And he uses a crane-operated skeleton... To eat beanie, says Fred Flintstone, eat your heart out. Chuck Which, Lorre, he really does have a thing for Vora in this episode, don't he? He does. Um, it's uh, his deep, dark desire. <laughs> and he revealed it through a 1998 Saturday morning cartoon. If there were any way to reveal it, then this is it. Yeah. Um, so Cecil comes in to try and like save him. He gets beat up and says, you'll never get away with this. Well, how do you know? Oh, I don't. I'm just guessing. That joke I did enjoy. <laughs> I did like that a lot. Um, And then we get this weird thing where Beanie says, hippity hop, hippity hey, copter go bug DJ. And on top of his little like his little beanie with the helicopter on it, the little helicopter piece flies off and goes and attacks DJ. I got mad about that. He could have flown the whole damn time. <laughs> 100%. This is like his deus ex machina right here, is this tiny little helicopter. Like, that's insane. I love that a lot. That's a great superpower. (laughs) It is. And uh, Cecil then somehow turns into a giant green fist and punches the skeleton. DJ repaints himself and sneaks away, Mm -hmm. becomes visible in the street, says, I got away with this humongous diamond. Homeboy is loud because Everybody starts poking their heads out like, humongous diamond? Wait a minute. (laughs) The entire town rolls like a nat 20 on perception for that one. And then a nat 20 on attack because... uh, (laughs) Everyone got a surprise round. Yeah, everybody got a surprise round on on DJ. And then we get a fight cloud, which is referred to as the biggest fight cloud in the history of Saturday morning cartoons. Beautiful. I also enjoy very much how no one in this fight cloud is trying to apprehend DJ. 
They're just trying to do the crime without doing the work that DJ put in. Yeah, no, they're just like, oh, this is my shot for a free diamond. This must have happened in, like, New York or something. Because it must no, have. no cops show up. <laughs> just blatant violence on the streets. <laughs> the only reason this diamond gets saved is by pure happenstance that it falls on Cecil. And it didn't leave a giant, like, divot in his face like it should have. Not like it did to Uncle Captain. No, Uncle Captain is, like, deformed for the rest of his life. But Cecil just, his face is like a pillow, apparently. Uncle Captain is quaking. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get uh, little end credits where they kind of say some dumb little song or some dumb little rhyme. Wait, no, hold on, because there is one very very cute dad joke at the end where he's where beanie says hey let's bring this big diamond back to the museum of big things and cecil says well that's a small ask ha i never caught that (laughs) (laughs) that was uh yeah that's the ending right there porky pig comes out like that's all folks yeah And then uh, Cecil tries to smooch on him because Cecil apparently, uh, he's a horn dog because I'm I'm pretty sure he tries to hit on the skeleton too. Oh yeah, he does try to hit on the skeleton. And when he punches him out, I did write down, Cecil just fucking decimated his aunt. That is true. Which also brings up another thing. Very Games of Thrones, he, uh, he hit on his aunt. He did. He did hit on his aunt, you know? Man. <laughs> so that is... That is the uh, episode we watched. We're going to take a quick little break, and we we will be right back with uh, some ideas. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Nate. And I'm Tanner, and we are the hosts of Headline Heroes. Every week, we take a bizarre, out-there article. Germans build underground pipeline for beer. An attempt to create a superhero or villain. The obvious one is that they have a giant robot that runs off of beer. Along the way, we discuss powers, design a costume, and of course, struggle with a name. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No, no. (laughs) Graham Graham Sam Sam? No! And inevitably, we get off subject and talk about the really important stuff. I did go to Bill Engvall's website and i just want to tell you a couple of things i'm seeing here. please do i wish you would but we always arrive with the super creation we are proud of join headline heroes every tuesday as we try to make reality a little more super so aj had the show continued what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen oh god i think there would have been at least one where uh you know, I want I want to describe to you what I want the last episode to be, where like they decided we've had a good run. I think we want it to get canceled now. All right. So I think what happens in this one is, uh, DJ is trying to steal like say, uh, a big emerald or something like. Maybe maybe this time it's like several little emeralds, so we can make a lot of small jokes here. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Beanie and Cecil and Uncle Captain are reveling over their new invention. The uh, you know those T Rex reachy grab things. They're they're ogling over that. <laughs> <laughs> so they're having fun with that. Uh, DJ tries to steal the grabby arms. But this time he gets caught immediately, and the rest of the show is just Uncle Captain, Beanie, and Cecil just 
kicking him the entire time. <laughs> just so violently. And that's how they cancel themselves. <laughs> they just be- they beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they finally say enough is enough and we're actually done with this. <laughs> and Cecil turns to the camera at one point and says, Is this what you wanted? <laughs> well, you got it. Oh, God. <laughs> There's got to be at least three dad jokes to try and ease the tension. It doesn't ease the tension. It doesn't, no. Because while the dad jokes happen, the camera just slowly pans over to the the bloody, beaten DJ on the ground, begging for help. No one will save you, Waluigi. And then at the very end, uh, Cecil just yells out, Humongous Diamond, and they book it. Let the crowd finish it. <laughs> yep. And then one person in the giant fight cloud says fuck. <laughs> they get their one. Their one fuck. Their one fuck. <laughs> ABC decided they're going to allot one fuck to every Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's only right. Yeah. Uh, kind of going off of that, I feel like this show, after it ended, they could have gone the same route as Ren and Stimpy did. Where it was, like, brought back as an adult show. Ah, I see. Like, maybe, like, Beanie is, like, an adult now. He's, like, a washed-up has-been. And we find out that Cecil's just been, like, an imaginary friend this whole time that he only sees because he's, like, cracked out on heroin or something. But he's also a deadbeat dad, and his daughter also sees Beanie now. (laughs) (laughs) Or Cecil, that's his name. Oh, and she inherits his old, like, little helicopter hat. Oh my god, yes, it's Calvin and Hobbes, (laughs) y'all! So we got that. We have Uncle Captain. He's in a retirement home. Mm -hmm. At this point, he's got, like, dementia. Every episode we see him, just, like, a little, like, a little pool of drool is kind of building up. And, uh, (laughs) DJ, they're still, he's still after DJ. He's, like, trying to solve crimes and everything. He's maybe, like, a private investigator. We gotta, like, change it up a little bit, like how Space Ghost was brought back as, like, a late-night host. Harvey Birdman was brought back as a lawyer. Beanie's gonna be a detective. Oh, hell yes. And, uh, every time a crime happens, he immediately thinks it's DJ. Even though DJ is also in this retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> So every episode, he's going to kick the door and be like, where where are you, old man? I'm right here. I've been <laughs> here the whole time. Oh, do I have a visitor? <laughs> yes, it's me, Beanie. I'm going to beat your face in. <laughs> Not again. But go ahead. It's the only way I feel. <laughs> it's the only way I can finish. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I just want one last finish before I finish. (laughs) Before I walk off this mortar coil. And then the last episode of this rebooted series, it's revealed that DJ was behind everything that happened. Only because he really wanted to finish. (laughs) Only way that he could get Beanie to come in and beat the shit out of him. DJ's last words are, Jesus, here I come. (laughs) oh god (laughs) yeah and then beanie uh beanie realizes 
after he's covered in uh, Waguigi. <laughs> that uh, he he fell into this plan. He fell right into the right into the steps that DJ wanted him to. Right into the goo trap. Right into the goo trap. And then he uh, takes his badge, throws it off to the side, and just walks off into the sunset. Covered in... Covered in jism. But then we zoom in on the overalls, and the overalls are pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And they have a little bean hat. A little beanie hat. (laughs) And a reboot is set to come ten years later. The little... (laughs) The little zygote goes, that's all, folks. <laughs> uh, yes. So, so, one thing we used to do on this show, and this, this is technically going to come out on the fourth anniversary of this show. Ooh. Um, so, I wanted to bring back an old segment for one time. Uh, it's called The Tooch is Loose. It's where we pitch Stanley Tucci as a guest appearance into an episode. Oh, yes, please. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, how would we put Stanley Tucci into this? <laughs> Someone, uh, DJ. Okay, here, here's how it opens. Uh, Uncle Captain has invented the Hunger Games. He wrote the books. He wrote the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> DJ comes in and says, I gotta steal those books. So he steals the books. But then he runs directly into Stanley Tucci. (laughs) And Stanley Tucci reads the books. He says, well, this blue haired fella sounds like someone I want to (laughs) be. And that set into motion his entire career. His entire career was leading up to that. That's how he got into EZA. It's how he got into Captain America. (laughs) Just just so he could be in Hunger Games. Just so he could be in Hunger Games. And he, at the very end, he grabs the script and goes, you know, I like this character, but I got to write in this one line. Okay, well, Stanley, what do you want to write in? I want to say, Caesar Flickerman, I barely know her man. And they say, <laughs> they say, you're fired. <laughs> no, 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 please don't. No, 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 I need this. <laughs> they won't take it unless you're attached to it. You're hired again. <laughs> so I was thinking, what if... We reveal, at the very end, DJ has been Stanley Tucci all along. And he's just a method actor who's been preparing for a role. Oh my goodness, that is so good! And this role is to play DJ in the live-action adventures of Beanie and Cecil. Oh god, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I want that to be a real thing now. (laughs) So, who, wait, who would we have play Beanie, Uncle Grandpa, and Cecil in the live-action version of this show? Oh, God, I can't remember his name, but, uh, he's, oh, God, uh, he was one of the people helping Bran get up to the Three-Eyed Raven in Game of Thrones. Uh, he was in Maze Runner, he, fuck, I really wish I knew this dude's name, I'm gonna look it up right now. All right. He looks he looks forever young. I'm going to hit you with a suggestion for Uncle Captain, who I keep almost accidentally calling Uncle Grandpa every time. <laughs> what about Danny DeVito? Oh, that is perfect. That is 
and it's his dream role. Exactly. You know, there'd be episodes where he's like, hey, Beanie, I was digging in the trash and look what I invented. (laughs) (laughs) It's a sock. (laughs) It's a sock, but I put googly eyes on it. Now it's a puppet. Um... His name is Thomas Brody Sangster. Was he the blonde kid in uh, Maze Runner? Yes. Okay. That's who I was thinking. Yeah, that that would work as Beanie. He looks like a perma baby. It would work so well. I could picture him with that little uh, helicopter hat on. Absolutely. Now, Cecil. Are we going to have him performed practically or CGI? I'm leaning towards practical. I'm also leaning heavily towards practical effects. <laughs> now, can we resurrect Jim Henson from the dead? <laughs> Listen, I'm up for some necromancy if you are. All right. So we need to perform a seance. We need some ping pong balls with eyes drawn on. We need the nose of a pig, the arm of the leg of a frog. <laughs> <laughs> and some and some felt. The clown nose of a bear. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just just for good measure, we'll just throw an Elmo in there. A Tickle Me Elmo. There we go. And that completes the pentagram. Exactly. And that is uh, that is how we have to bring back Jim Henson. I feel like the plot of this live action Beanie and Cecil could potentially be like very, very self-referential in the fact that it's them pitching the live-action Beanie and Cecil movie. And DJ's trying to steal the script. There we go. And at the very end, we get, like, uh, in Goldmember, where it turns out Goldmember was just a movie Goldmember, and they're all at the premiere. Oh, my God, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) So, yeah, I think we have uh, milked Cecil for all we can. And uh, technically, we milked DJ for all we can. Wink, wink. Apparently. <laughs> um, so thank you for coming on, AJ. Thank uh, you for having me. I had so much fun. And if people want to find you and your show, how can they do so? Uh, they can find straight off the top of my headlines on so many platforms. Really only five platforms. Why do I say so many? Anyway, uh, yeah, my show is on... Oh, my mic is doing a weird thing right now. Okay, it stopped. Um <laughs> Yeah, you can find my show straight off the top of my headlines on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean. And you can find the show on Twitter at StraightOffPod, all across social media at StraightOffPod. Now, does that apply to MySpace and Friendster as well? It sure does. How did you know my deep, dark secrets? Well, I did a deep dive. Oh, God. You know what? I should have known when you started following the accounts that I, you would find those. Yeah. Um, I probably should have told you this before, but I have been an undercover police, police officer this entire time. I'm good with that. Alrighty. So, <laughs> uh, so thanks again for coming on. Um, if you want to follow this show, uh, at Unheard Podcast on pretty much everything. And we're also on all of those same platforms, except for SoundCloud. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye!
Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the Whiz Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every dope. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, best darn diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com.